I'm Ryan Idell, host of 15 Minutes of Freedom, your daily action guide to getting shit done. If you wouldn't mind doing me a favor and leaving me a comment or review if you found any value in any of the content that I share. The more reviews I get, the higher my ranking, and the higher the ranking, the more people find the podcast. It's been my goal to connect with a million people, have them hear my message, and give me some sort of feedback. Today's episode is my favorite day of the week, the day where my beautiful wife sits across from me, and we get to record Big Girl Bridges. Yeah, put on your big girl britches. So that is today's episode. Today's episode is a little bit different where Lindsay and I received a basically a request. And I don't want to call it listener request because this is more than just one person that's reached out and said something along the same lines. This is the first individual that's asked both Lindsay and I to comment on this together. Mm-hmm. But essentially ends up being that this woman, and I'll have Lindsay read, uh, you know, probably paraphrase this conversation. But longer story short, this woman is a stay-at-home mom, has a two-year-old. Teaches a gym class. That's her thing. That's where she, you know, gets her energy. That's her external outlet for positivity. Like, I'm yeah, as a mom, especially as a stay-at-home mom, you need to have something that is your own because so many women, myself included, when you have your first child, your identity goes out the window. You're not quite sure why you got put in charge of this tiny little human life. If you can manage doing this, and if you can still manage to find who you are and still be yourself while still being mom, and that's a big. That's all that I could go on a whole tangent of that. But her sanctuary for her time for herself is the gym. Yes. And in light of that, I want to also knock Lindsay up. (laughs) This has been a constant conversation in our household about the knocking up of my womb. Not only because of the um, enjoyment that comes from the practice of trying to get it to work, but also based off the fact of I'm just a good dad. You are a very, very good dad. And I want to I want to have the misery of the little child screaming in my arms. <laughs> it's so and the sleepless nights. Like it's part of me that just wants that. Yeah, but you know, I digress. Who knows if we'll get there or not? I'm I'm fortunate to be able to be a father to Gianna. Oh yeah, and you're a great dad. We you could know, go on a whole topic of that too. A bunch of times. But nonetheless, I, I had to interject that there for all you to hear that I am <laughs> trying to convince Lindsay it's good if we have a child together. Yeah. Now this woman who teaches this gym class, also from being at the gym, has her own you know, group of people she was working out with. Yeah, she's got a social group of friends who also are moms. And um, like a lot of women that go to the gym, and I did this as well, and it's been, it was awesome for me. I was a stay-at-home mom. I went to the gym. You get two hours, sometimes three, to have your child cared for in the child center. Um, and then you get to kind of socialize and work out and have something that's kind of your own your own time a little bit of a break because everybody needs a mental break and it is okay to take care of you first some days well not only is okay the way i view the world now the way i'll say our family views the world like you have to put yourself first yeah and it's crazy to say that especially as you have a child and i get the back the best i can from the outside like the child has to come first but only a certain capacity like that balance has to be there between a husband and wife so that yeah you have the time to pour into yourself like you can't serve anybody else if you don't serve yourself first. That is very true. Cause it, but, you know, if, if you're not well, your child's not going to be well either. And the fact that if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take very good care of your child. And I just, I mean, I know that firsthand. I went down that road. So um, she has a, a group of friends that she's social with, that she sees at the gym daily, um, and that she, I guess, from her email would consider her friends. And it turns out that as she's spending more and more time with these people, uh, this group of women decided that they're going to bash or speak poorly of or spread rumors and gossip about other women within the gym within the community um 
And one of the women that they decided to gossip about, excuse me, happened to be a friend of hers. And so, you know, in this email, she's explaining that she was really offended that one, these women are talking about other women. And her question was, why in the world can women not empower each other? And why does it always have to be a keeping up with the Joneses, a comparison, a gossip, a bashing, a something? When men don't seem to do the same kind of thing. Now, I'm not a man, so she also asked for your point of view on these things. But she wanted to know why it is that women can't empower each other. And she spoke up for herself and she said, you know, hey, that's my friend. I don't appreciate you talking badly about her. It's not something I wish to be a part of. And she walked away. And so she left this group of women um, and she has gone about her business at the gym. Well, in turn, in doing that, she mentioned in the email also that now these women decided that they're going to use her name as a point of bashing and they're going to spread rumors and gossip about herself and her husband and her marriage. And so she's just kind of stuck on, on what you do there and why something like that would be happening. It's a very eloquent way of paraphrasing this very articulate email that we received. Now, in saying that, the part that hits my emotional cords the hardest is the fact now that these women that she associated with, that she's no longer associating with, have went down the path of talking poorly about her. Right. So the, the you know, title of this episode is Pull Up Your Big Girl Britches is in relation to that exact topic, where for me, there's a crucial collision that has to happen. And people don't like to collide. Like I, for the majority of my life, up until the past, you know, 18 months, two years, whatever it's been, I freaking hated collisions. I hated having the tough conversations. But at this day and age, the way I view things, Lindsay and I have discussed it in last week's episode, when there's something that has went on that I don't agree with, or I hear people that have talked poorly about Lindsay and I, I confirm with my partner, if it affects her, you know, confirm with you, Lindsay. Right. Like, are you okay with me having this conversation? Knowing the fact that I'm doing that out of respect, admittedly not because I really care. Right. Like I've already made the decision. But I want to make sure I honor my partner because you know it's myself first, then our relationship, then everybody else. Mm-hmm. Lindsay gave me the blessing and then I went in on these people. And it's not, I didn't attack their character. I didn't attack who they were or what they did. It was simply, I heard you said this. I'm not okay with you saying this. Here's what's not going to continue going on forward. Right. And that is a super uncomfortable place to be in because at that moment, you have to be willing to understand that there's going to be scorched earth after that. Oh, for sure. And people, I mean, people don't like to be confronted. But the funny thing is, is when you confront bullies, so to speak, I mean, it's adult bullying, right? How it's so crazy that I even have to say that out loud. When you confront people like that, they kind of don't know what to do. They're caught on their heels because they don't expect it. They are not used to people confronting them, which is probably why they've continued that behavior. Yeah, and, and a lot of this, in my opinion, is to lessen the load off. To me, it was to lessen the load off my shoulders. Like, right. I don't deserve to carry around this angst and animosity based off the fact of what some other, in my opinion, jackasses are saying about me. So I have a conversation, I address it, and then I am released of that mental anguish. It goes away. Like, it, It's not my job to figure out what's wrong with them or why they're saying these things or it's I say it, I no longer am holding on to it, now I can go about my day. If they want to be the better person and eventually apologize, create new patterns and you know shifts in their life to stop talking shit about people, right? that's going to serve them. But until they're willing to start doing work on themselves, they're never going to change those habits, in Correct. my opinion. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I would say to the, the listener that requested this topic is, you know, from my point of view, I've dealt with things like this before, not only recently, but 
in my teenage years and in college years, and it just continues. Women, for some reason, there is some deep-seated insecurity in, in a lot of women, myself included. And those are things that over the past year or so, I have to come to terms with myself and you journal and you meditate and you kind of figure out what those things are and how to deal with them internally. And I've certainly been guilty of speaking about somebody when they're not in the room and what you're looking at me. Yeah. So I have to interrupt and I held up my finger just for a second. You're on a roll, but there's a thing of personal power here. Like the things that we do every morning that seem outlandish to most people are because you end up creating the shell of armor to go attack motherfuckers like this. Right. And I say that super aggressively because that, it needs to pierce your ears right now. Yeah. Like, there's a reason we meditate. There's a reason we journal. There's a reason we read. There's a reason we send letters of appreciation. There's a reason we sweat and drink green smoothies. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's this fun thing. It's a game you play, but it's really not a fucking game. It's because the minute you leave the sanctity of your four walls, people are coming out to get you. Whether they're doing it to your face or doing it behind your back, the whole reason to take that time for yourself every morning, I don't care if you have a two-year-old, no kids at all, or an 18-year-old, you take that time, you put yourself as having worth enough to dedicate that time to it so that when things like this go on, you've now built up this run rate of what I call armor to be able to run full speed into this situation. Because if you're not living a you know holistic life yourself, if you're not completely you know satisfied on those four pillars of your life, body, being, balance, and business, it's really impossible to go confront somebody because you feel like, oh shit, well, they're going to call me out on stuff I'm not happy with. Right. And we talked about that last week. The most dangerous person in the room is the one with nothing to hide. Yes. When you start owning all your stuff and you start doing, you know, creating daily habits and it doesn't have to be the the core four that I live or that we live. It could be whatever your own things are, your own system. But when you stop holding on to the shit that you carry on to, the lies, the things you haven't told people, and you take daily action to make yourself more complete – eventually these people don't matter. Like you can walk right up to them and say what you need to say. Right. Don't be angry. Don't attack them. It's right. just you don't address have to it. Be a, you don't have to be a bitch about it. You know, there's no need to MF this person up and down the next way. It doesn't work because then they don't hear anything that you're saying. So, I mean, if I were in this woman's position, I would address the fact that they're talking about myself and my husband. That's not okay. Talk about whoever you want. As long as my name doesn't come out of your mouth, we're good. It doesn't... and. Then she leaves it out there and how they react to it is not her business. She can't control that. But what they are saying and doing is a reflection on them, not a reflection of her. And if she surrounds herself with people that are confident, secure, steadfast in who they are, then when those people are talking about her and her husband, the people that they're talking about or to are going to see them for who they are. It's a judgment on them. It's not a judgment on her. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to sit here and, and look at me and you're going to talk about Kurt and say all kinds of crap about Kurt, I'm not going to hear what you're saying about Kurt. I'm going to look at you and be like, why in the world is he taking so much energy of his time and so much effort to bash another human being instead of if you really have a problem with Kurt, go say something to Kurt. Well, yeah, and I think that's... And it just looks bad on you. Well, and that's a great way to stop this whole cycle. And again, it's being comfortable with that you know, crucial collision where right now, if we'll take this example with Kurt that Lindsay just brought up. We love you, Kurt, though. Yes. Kurt, Kurt's <laughs> in the studio right now helping us with our, our video and our audio. If I'm saying... I'm going to reverse it around. If Lindsay's saying something about Kurt and Kurt's not here to defend himself, if I say, Lindsay, hold on a second, I call Kurt on my phone and I put him on speaker... Hey, Kurt, what's going on, buddy? Just want you to know, Lindsay has something she needs to say to you right now. Yeah, do you think I'm going to continue to say it? Hell no. Or if she does, it's because there's a true issue. Like, it's not, I don't believe right from wrong really exists anymore. It's our things serving you or not serving you. So in this situation, for me to even listen to the, 
nonsense that Lindsay could be spreading about Kurt is a waste of my time. Let's just go ahead and vet out if it's true or not. Let's get Lindsay at peace with Kurt. Let's get me out of the loop because I can't adjust it or fix it. It has right, nothing not to do with your me. issue. And so now I free up that time, energy, and space to go create and be a better person versus being bogged down in the mud with this nonsense. Right. And this this woman is in this position because she stuck up for her friend. Mm -hmm. Because she realized the people she was sitting at the table with were not really the kind of people she should surround herself with. They weren't serving her. And she took it upon herself to to halt that issue and say, hey, that's my friend. I don't agree with that. And she walked away. And in turn, now these people are, are bashing her, which is one, it's very sad because it's just a sad place that they're stuck in that they can't get out of or whatever they don't recognize. And for her, it makes the gym atmosphere where she is working and enjoying her time uncomfortable. So meet it head on. Yeah, and it, it, it's really a crazy situation where so often in my you know coaching or mentorship or whatever you want to call it that I, I, I do now, you have people that are willing to stand up for their friends, but when it comes to standing up for themselves, it's like the worst feeling in the world. Like it's easy for this yeah. woman to stand up for her friend. Like don't say this about her. She's not there. Whatever this individual said. But when it comes now to they're now talking poorly about me, it's like, oh gosh, what do I do with this? Well, she did say she didn't want to address it because it would give them energy and give them attention. And maybe that's something that they're looking for. And I agree with that to a certain point. But if it's something that is in your space and bothering you and ignoring them hasn't worked because you don't want to give it time and energy, then you have to carve out just enough of it to stop it in its tracks and go confront those people and say, hey, this is not okay. Absolutely not. I'm not a big football watcher like and i am yeah no deal with me on this <laughs> but there was a running back marshawn lynch yep. that he made his career his entire nfl career by running people the fuck over i love that like that was just beast mode was his name like that's all he did yeah. was lower his shoulder and run you over so by the third or fourth quarter like you didn't want to get hit anymore because he was always the one dishing out the blows versus normally in defense. Like he was a running back. Normally on defense, you're dishing out the blows, but he was just beating you down. Yep. So part of this is, no, she, you know, this individual doesn't want her gym life to feel topsy-turvy. You know, that's going to give them energy and power. I think that is truly a bullshit statement. Like, I have never met a bully or an individual that is talking poorly about somebody that when confronted, that they get bigger and more puffy-chested. I have never seen that. No, I haven't either. You know, it's a thing where you literally put strap on the shoulder pads, put on your mouth guard, and run into them. Like, have yep. the collision. And same thing, like, when we start talking men versus women, men can be just as catty. It all depends on where you go and where you associate. Like, in the now, gym. Now, do you think, though, men are, are just as catty? In the gym. Absolutely. Okay. Like, if I look at the bodybuilding This is new world, to me because I don't, I deal with the women issues all the time, but I've not really put myself in the man's circle for that. It's all depending on where you're at. Like, in, the, in any sort of sports or athletic event we are almost predisposed to talking trash about the other people. Like it's part of the psychological game that we play. Okay. So you're getting ready for a bodybuilding contest and I'm slowly trickling out little jabs at the way, you know, some guy's hamstring doesn't look the right way or his calves are too small. I'm not saying it directly at him. I'm saying it to everybody else so that he hears it. So it's maybe throwing him off. It's altering his training style. But there's just little psychological games. Now I would say across the board, men are more used to it because we do it more often. Like in our own way. In like sports, it's, I get it. Yeah, but look, she's in the gym right now. Right. It's different if you're in a mom group and you have, you know, six women in your mom group. Well, these are the all, gym. they're all moms, apparently, except for the the one. But it's a gym environment. Right. Like in my, in, in my opinion, like I said, I'm certainly not condoning this behavior. And I'm not no. saying that it makes sense that we talk trash in sports. 
it's just part of what goes on. The thing is, as a man, like we all have our insecurities, and I think those are deep-rooted from when we're children. I think they're more aggressive as a woman's concern because the image of beauty that society has put forward is That's exactly what it is. Idealized. Like you look at the magazines. I mean, I'm 34. You're however old you are now. That's so fucked up. I'm 36. I just wasn't going to say your age. Like, I don't care. Hey, I own Why am my I going to say your age? I don't care. At all. We've talked about it before. Fine. I'm 36. So you look at back when, you know, <laughs> late 80s, early 90s when you had, you know, glamour magazines becoming more prevalent. You had Playboys. You had these things coming out in which women were held to this now imaginary standard of what beauty looks like. Right. And when you stop meeting those criteria, now it's easy to talk trash about this person. Like her hair is not right. Her eyebrows are too bushy. She's carrying too much weight. Her breasts are too big or too small. Like name, pick your poison. That's exactly what it is. And I was going to touch on that because the, the main root of the question is why do women feel the need to bash each other and bring each other down rather than build each other up. And it's a common theme that you see on social media and and here in small communities, you know, you it's that women empowerment. We want to be empowered. We want to empower each other, but it doesn't always happen. And so you have to look at who you're surrounding yourself with, mm-hmm. because if you're not surrounding yourself with the type of people that are going to build you up, you need a new group. But that's so much easier said than done. Like when, it is. When we look at our life, and we covered this in the last episode, about to touch base on it. If we look at when we first got together, our social circle was, let's say, seven or eight couples on your side and two or three couples on my side. Like mm-hmm. You've always been more social than I've been. Yeah. Great. But as our time has continued on, like our social circle is maybe four couples total. Yeah, it's pretty small. But the, those small group of people or that small group of people, like they line up with us. Like I like those people. Yeah. They empower us, each other, as a group. It It is a good mesh of people that have good energy and they're comfortable with who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a lot of this. Like this, the whole methodology of it's lonely at the top. Like I don't know what the top looks like. I've never been there. I think it's an imaginary destination. But it becomes lonely or, you know, a, a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of solitude associated with it. When you start living this more dedicated and focused life, like when I started focusing on myself first, I started realizing all the people that were in my life that didn't line up with that. Like, Yeah, and there's a lot. Yeah, the majority of people don't. Like you really think about it and it's if you have 100 friends, maybe three or four people are going to be like, yeah, this is pretty cool that you want to better yourself every day. And wait, you're getting up at 430 and <laughs> wait, you, you don't drink anymore really? Like <laughs> you don't want to eat fast food? Like I don't understand what you're doing. Like because the majority of the world is preconditioned to – operate in that capacity it's the comfort zone yeah and there's nothing wrong with that like i'm not saying that people need to shift that it's just there's a certain small percentage of people that truly think that i mean i'll call it a four-dimensional lifestyle i'll say the have it all type of have it all way of living like i believe we can have and that we should have everything and anything that we want Mm -hmm. not only as individuals but as a couple as a relationship as a married you know group as a family if you can come up with something i think we are destined and determined to get it but it's one thing to say that out loud and it's another thing to start taking action for long enough to make it actually happen. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, everybody wants to be a millionaire, right? Like if you're listening right now, you want to be a millionaire. Like, Sure, no one's gonna turn that down. No, but are you taking the action to actually make that happen? Are you going? Are you treating the weekends like weekdays? Are you bettering yourself every day? Like there's this whole list of questions that you can really ask where under the bright lights of, of competition, we'll call it, when it's shining down on you and you're answering truthfully, most people are like, well, fuck no. Like, right. I'm going out to get drunk on Friday night because I've had a long week of work and, you know, I sleep in on Saturday and there is truly nothing wrong with that. If that's what makes you happy, go for that. But same for this young lady, this woman, 
it can be lonely for a little bit. Like that's it, that's part of this. It can. Look, I, I will tell you, if you're a listener and and you're a woman, we have enough shit to deal with, right? If you're a mom, there's a whole. I mean, there's just a whole role I could go on with with being a mom. And then if you're single or if you're relationship, if you're married and you're a mother, whatever the combination might be, we have a lot that goes on our plate every single day. So when you meet another woman, when you see another woman, realize that whatever your struggles are, she probably has the same struggles, at least one of the same struggles. Whatever you want to instantly say in your head about her, try to stop for a second and find something beautiful about that person. One thing, just one thing. You don't, I mean, give somebody a compliment. There are small things that you can, you don't have to be besties with this person. You don't have to. Besties. You, are you making fun of my besties? Holy mackerel, besties. Go ahead, I'm you sorry, like besties. It. You don't have to go get a cup of coffee. You don't have to go hang out and go to the mall. But try to just be kind. There's just no reason for that. Like, we all have enough shit on our plate every single day that you don't need somebody else bringing you down for your workout pants or your tennis shoes or the fact that your eyebrows aren't waxed this week. Like, who gives a shit? It doesn't make any sense to me. But it took me a long time to get there because I I was the girl that was judged all the time from a little kid. I, I have resting bitch face. I'm a reactionary person. Oh, super reactionary. <laughs> like, out of control. Like, full-blood Italian all the way through, yeah. like... All of a sudden, she thinks somebody hit her car because she sees oh, a white car. Oh, fucking dying. And it's, it's over. Like, yeah. the world is coming to an end. And then she gets there and she's like, oh, it wasn't my car. Everything's okay. And then she hops in and leaves. It's like, <laughs> what in the world just it's happened? Nothing. Like, it makes no like sense it's to nothing. me. nothing. But I've also, uh, you know, women have usually thought I'm a bitch. I'm not very nice. When they see me. When they just look at me. She's not somebody I could hang out with. I have I've had a friend, Jackie Bartula, 15 years. If you're listening, Jackie, I love you to pieces. The first day she met me, she was like, I don't like you at all. And she told me this years after we became friends. She didn't like me. She thought that I was pretty, so I had to be a bitch, and I had a resting bitch face, and I just was going to be the devil, and she didn't want to work with me at all. She worked in the ER. I worked in the ICU, and so we had to mesh. And then she got to know me and actually talked to me, and we've been great friends for 15-plus years. You just can't judge somebody. Like, find something beautiful about the person you're sitting with. Absolutely, but I'll, I'll touch base back on that whole how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so what I found typically in the people that I speak to, work with, communicate with, however you want to say it, is when you start your day by getting into some sort of sense of gratitude for the things that you have in your life that you're appreciative of. Yep. Maybe the hot water in the shower, maybe the length of your hair, maybe as you look your eyes in the mirror as you're putting on your makeup, like you're grateful that you have makeup to put on if you're a woman. Like I don't know what the things are, but we all have things we can be grateful for. And then when you go out in the world and you realize that you're grateful for those things, when you come across other people, you realize that there's something to be grateful for in that individual as well. Absolutely. You just have to practice the fact because it's society hasn't taught us these lessons. Like this wasn't taught in school. This isn't in some book you can read somewhere. I, I take that back. I mean, there's plenty of books about <laughs> this, but books. it's just not, it's not a college class, not a high school class. It's not a elementary school class. It's like, unless you're open to the possibility of this really existing, and try it out for long enough, and not a day or two. Like, it takes months to create a new lifestyle, not a habit, not a hobby, but like to truly feel this. Mm -hmm. And when you come across somebody that is not your skin color, not your height, not your weight, not your whatever you think you fit into this box that society has told you you fit on, fit in, when somebody's outside of that, it's more difficult to realize the beauty mm -hmm. or the gratitude or the things that they could have that you find empowering. 
but everybody has it. Like, like everybody. Mm-hmm. Like even the woman that is or man that's just pissed off that day. Well, I guarantee there's a reason. Oh, like, of course. There's something has happened in her life or his life, maybe not that day or that week, but at some point on their time on this planet that has created that output from them. And instead of judging and being aggressive, like open your eyes, open your heart, like allow that moment to exist and be grateful that you're even able to talk to this person because you don't know their freaking struggles. Right. But it's so quick and so easy because you've lived your life, as I call it, holding up the frame in front of you, viewing the world through the frame that you hold, that it's difficult to see the other frames that people are viewing back at. Yep. Like, how can you even see? You don't know the struggles. Again, from a man's standpoint, I don't know what this guy has went through that I talked to at the gym in the morning. For all I know, you know, he came home last night. His wife's been cheating on him. He, you know, his kid's sick. He's about to lose his house. He's flat broke. But he's putting on a smile and doing the best he can to get to the gym. Exactly. It's like, there's no way to know that without opening up your heart to the possibility that there's something good out of this person. Mm-hmm. Like, he could still smell like booze in the gym because he got drunk the night before because he doesn't know how to deal with his problems. Like, but that's not exclusive to just men. Like, this is something that goes on to me on both sides of the gender fence. Oh, it 100% does, especially when it comes to women in relationships, marriages, or motherhood. Yeah. Like I nobody, mean, there's just something that... <clears throat> nobody wants to talk about their dirty underwear. Right. Right? Like, we all have dirty underwear. Like, every one of us has done something at some point that makes our undergarments just not as clean as we would like them to be. It is not comfortable. Like, we are super blessed, Lindsay and I, to have this medium to share all the nonsense. Yeah. Like, for me to be able to spend time every day or once a week with you and go over all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like... What you as a listener might not understand is by sharing this, it has completely eliminated the weight that's on our shoulders individually and as a relationship. So when you take all the power away from people, it's not for them. It ends up being for you. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, when Lindsay and I first got together, I had another relationship. I was in a full-fledged other relationship. Yeah. Tell me something else I don't know about <laughs> me. Yeah. My truck was repossessed. We were completely broke. Had Lindsay not gotten a divorce and had some money from that, we would, I would not know how we would have possibly made it through. We did. And here we are. And we're successful and happy and all the things that go into that. But you eventually have to start owning these things. But to me, it's very difficult to own them until you find peace inside your own mind. Right. And, and there's soul. always going to be people that judge me and judge you and us as a couple for the fact that I stayed with a cheater and I stayed mm-hmm. with a liar and I stayed with a broke guy or whatever the things may be or he doesn't deserve her because he cheated and once a cheater always a cheater like they're always going to be those people but challenge those people to look inward on what's going on with their own life and within their own soul that makes them unable to see change in someone else being you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just it's all of that kind of stuff is all the reflection of the other person. Whoever is speaking the nonsense, it is a reflection of them and it's not a reflection of you. Of course. And it's also a reflection of what I call the combination and culmination of their life experiences up to that point. Mm -hmm. Like perhaps they saw their parents cheat on one another or they've been cheated on. Like statistically, if we look at every relationship on the planet, one of the two partners has experienced one of the two sides of cheating. Yep. Like, could have been when you were in elementary school. Like, We've all been there in our own right. And it's not making a better or worse or justifying a way that it's happened. But like that could have happened in developmental years. And all of a sudden you're scarred from that. So that instantly means every other person has to be that way. 
And I get it. I would have told everybody four years ago, five years ago, leopards don't change their spots. Like, I would have literally said to you, I'm going to always be a cheater. Like, 100%. Like, would have absolutely said that and believed it because I didn't have enough pattern interrupts to understand why I was doing it, how it was happening. I didn't have the right partner that I could energetically share what I wanted, needed, and desired and then get a positive feedback loop started based off of that partner responding to it. Number one, listening, understanding, then responding to it. Not saying that I was right or wrong. It just, I wasn't getting that. Yeah. It doesn't mean the past relationships I had were bad or the partners were bad. It just wasn't you. Mm-hmm. Very simply. Like, yeah. And I don't know that there's necessarily one person on the planet for everybody. There could be a hundred. I found my one. I don't need to, I don't need to find the other 99. That's I'm, right. I'm good. <laughs> So much so that as we're going down this path of helping other people, I call it like life optimization coaching. Like I don't know how else to call it. I know. I like it. Yeah, because there's really no way to, to describe what this is. Like when I look at our lives as a couple or my life four years ago versus today, it's completely unrecognizable. Like there's no part from the way we make money to the way that I operate to the the things that we do as a couple. Like No, really the only thing that's the same is the house we live in yeah, and the kid we have. We even it. have an extra dog now. Yes. <laughs> as we go down that path, like I respect Lindsay and our relationship so much that many of you that are female listeners that I love, honor, and appreciate that you tune in have reached out looking for potentially that edge. Like mm-hmm. You want the the coaching. You want the, the inside track. Like if I could do this and being me, then why shouldn't you be able to do it? The answer is 100% you can. Oh, for sure. Everybody has this power within them. They just have to know how to unlock it. You just can't get that training from me. Yeah. By, by the sheer fact of nature of the way that I view the world, I am destined to help men. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean this podcast is just for men. It just means if I'm going to spend my time, energy, and effort, I'm going to pick up the phone and communicate with a man because there's no threat ever to my relationship with Lindsay. No one can ever say like, oh, well, he's talking to a woman. Like, oh, he's deceitful. Like, and I don't even care if people said that. I just don't need put in that particular situation. Yeah. And that was trial and error. Like, Lindsay and I, I shared this on an episode a long time ago. Lindsay oh, and I were on our yeah, yeah Lindsay and I were on our honeymoon. A mutual friend of ours, someone that I've known now for gosh eight or ten years. Her sister had reached out looking for just some answers to life, like in a in a marriage, in a relationship, had some things that were bumpy in the road, and just was looking for, as she said, help. Like she mm-hmm. wanted coaching. Well, at that point, I was not nearly as steadfast in my convictions as I am now. Like I have a a, a plan, a path. Like I know how to help people. Like I was. I probably had that inside of me back then, but it wasn't quite the same in May. Like, again, I consistently progress. Mm-hmm. And so I said, look, like, I don't know if I'm qualified. And I was kind of, you know, self-deprecating still. I said, look, I'll give you any information I want, any any information you want. Completely above board conversation. I'm in the hotel room with Lindsay, and I'm, like, reading to her what's going on. Yeah, it's all real time. Like, there's certainly no sort of, like, backhanded, well, maybe, whatever. <laughs> like, I, my mind doesn't even work that way. I'm on my freaking honeymoon. We're on our honeymoon together. Get home from the honeymoon, and this, you know, our friend, the one that's been my friend for 10 years, this woman's sister, calls me and says, hey, look, like, just so you you know, like, my sister's saying that maybe you're hitting on her, all this stuff, and I'm, I'm like, at a loss. Yeah, he's telling me this. I just start giggling because I've seen all of this, the messages and heard all the conversations real time because I was present. So, you know. The part of that is not so much, let me say this another way. I was fortunate to learn an easy lesson with no negative ramifications on the backside. Right. Because this comes very early down this path for me. I'm with my wife the entire time it's happening. It's on one of the best days or weeks of our life together. She's seeing everything real time. And I, all this stuff comes out. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm just not destined to really go that deep with a woman. 
Yeah. Well, and it's going to be one, you're super hot. So I don't blame anybody for wanting to try to, you know, get in on you. Yeah, but it wasn't even that way to me. No, but there's always going to be somebody that in the world, there's always going to be somebody that takes any individual that they see on social media or follow or have interest in, think that they know you because that they listen to the podcast and then have some backwards way of trying to break up things in your life whether it's to stir the pot or just make a ripple effect or try to start something just because they're unhappy with their own stuff it's always going to happen especially yeah. with women and men do the same thing to me too and it's fine oh, we just ignore it absolutely but instead of ignoring it now as you women have reached out Lindsay is going to start going down the same path yeah like the things that we do the way that we live our lives is duplicatable and replicatable for both men and women it just so happens that i don't know what it's like to be a woman <laughs> I don't have the pieces and parts. I don't know what it's like to birth a child. I don't know what it's like to be with me. I just know what it's like to be me. So instead of guessing and trying to him-haw around and then trying to figure out what I can say at the right time and make sure that everything's PC and that there's never any lines that's crossed, it's much easier just to say, let me introduce my wife who's just as powerful, if not more powerful, than I am. Like, talk to her. Yep. Because there comes this line that I have just decided is never something that I'm willing to cross. Now, it's different, not really different, but many of you have reached out to me on social media, like, thanks for the podcast, please continue. Like, I love those messages. Like, yeah, this message, this, this, is great. this came from a woman, and yes. she originally messaged maybe you, but then emailed me. Yeah, she and messaged me on Instagram. Bounced around, and it doesn't matter how it happened. I don't ever want that to stop, because I still will always respond to every message. But the in-depth time you spend, that I spend, like, physically spending hours a week changing people's lives, is best suited to deal with people that have the same equipment that I have Mm -hmm. and vice versa yeah and that's okay and I've actually had a couple people ask if we were doing anything with couples and whether you're taking somebody that you're coaching and somebody that I'm coaching and they happen to be a couple are we doing any kind of couples coaching Mm -hmm. and I think there's not I think there is a way and a place to get there it all comes back to how we started this episode if I don't put myself in personal power and fix the issues that I have in me I can't help somebody else. So you can't help a relationship until you help the individuals that are associated with it and then figure out how to mold them together or break them apart. Like mm-hmm. Part of the harsh reality of our lives as human beings are sometimes the damage that's been done is too great to overcome. Sometimes it just doesn't fit. And sometimes it's not even the damage. You just could do better for yourself than the person you thought you should have been with 15 years ago. I mean, look where I'm sitting. Exactly right. It doesn't mean that you are, again, this good and bad and right and wrong and social judgment. Like, yeah. We have one life, depending on how you want to look at things, mm-hmm. but eventually we're all going to die. It just happens. So why wouldn't you align yourself in a place to enjoy the rest of your time on this planet, in the, at least this lifetime? Like If you're that unhappy and you can't get to that place of happiness, this even equates back to the friendship conversation for this, this woman. Yes, it does. If you're that unhappy, like stop. Take a couple deep breaths. Figure out what makes you happy and then just go do that. It's such a foreign concept. Like everybody wants this. A buddy of mine has messaged me. Man, my relationship is a little bit on the rocks. I don't really know what to do. Seems like you're on a really good path. I've been digesting your content for a long time. It's awesome. Can you give me any tips? (laughs) I love those generalized questions. Yeah, and I'm like, all right. So (laughs) I'm a gym guy. So I look at it like, okay, I've been a competitive bodybuilder. If you reach out to me, don't care where your fitness goals are at, but you say, look, I want to be as shredded as you were on show day. Can you give me a tip to get me there? What are you talking about? No, you can't. There's like, been 
months and years, years. and yeah there's a system there's a process there's this whole thing that goes into this it's not judging him, but we as a society, I believe, are still preconditioned to wanting that quick fix. Like we want oh, the magic bullet pill. Everybody we, wants the magic pill. Yeah, there everybody. Is, there is no magic pill. Like these tough conversations are always going to be tough. There is no courage pill you can take. The courage pill comes from doing it consistently so you're not afraid of confrontation anymore. Right, exactly. And to the listener that wrote in for this subject, it's obviously bothering her enough that she wrote a long email about it, that she is thinking about it when she's at home and not at the gym, that you have to own that crap for yourself and take it within yourself, create power within yourself with that problem and go be the solution. Go say something, go do something, handle it, and then you can let it go. Yes, and so as I would phrase that in my own little way, why are you rolling your eyes? <laughs> so funny. No, it, it goes into the way that I think and I know, I love train. it. It's, you know... Be real with how you feel. Like in that moment, you have to actually accept the fact of like, I feel this way. And then get raw with like why those feelings exist. Like fully accept the feelings. Yep. Like don't push them away. Don't justify them that you shouldn't feel this way because somebody else told you you shouldn't. Like if you're fucking mad at somebody, own like I'm really mad at this person. Accept it. Own it in the moment. And then essentially you're, you're going to end up having to be ruthlessly committed to making a change in that. Like you're going to have to do something to change that feeling or it's always going to be there. Right. And it just sucks up more energy and more personal power. So if you take it and, and own it, get real with it, get raw with it, and then you commit yourself to spending the little bit of time, the little bit of energy it's going to take to address it, and then you have to let it go. Yeah, that's it. I mean, these conversations, the damnedest part about it is when you shift your mindset and realize it's not for anybody else, it's 100% for you. Mm -hmm. And again, especially as a mom, I'd have to assume you've been told literally since having a child in your stomach like you shouldn't be selfish like everything you're doing is now for somebody else the way you're eating is for two people bullshit yeah the, it's everything is for somebody else like once you become a wife you're supposed to take care of your husband in the household like it's all for somebody else it is complete bullshit like and women are so guilty of that because we the mom guilt the wife guilt the you know working mom or stay at home mom they're both incredibly hard i've done both it doesn't matter like there's so much guilt and so much societal confines that's put on women for those kind of things it it can stress anybody out to the max because you're constantly measure measuring yourself to other people to society standards whatever those may be and then it's just this hole you can't dig out of yeah well, that's exactly right and that until you realize that you have to, and it's okay, that you actually should be doing things for yourself, whether it's the core four stuff we do in the morning or your own version of that. I don't care if you just want to get up in the morning and sit quietly and sip a cup of coffee on your back porch and like that's your thing. Yep. Make time, allow yourself to do that, give yourself permission to do that, find power in why you do that, and then go attack the day. Go have these tough conversations because the first one sucks and the second one sucks. By the time you've had like your 20th conversation, you realize it's no big deal. Like, yeah. If these people have that big of an issue, they shouldn't be in your life anyways. You'll find new people. What you're seeking is seeking you. I believe that 100% with every ounce of my soul. If I'm trying to be a good person and I'm taking steps every day to be a good person and I'm putting good energy and good thoughts and good focus into the world, good people are going to eventually find me back. It's just not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It's just that time. I mean, like you, you're in my life. That's right. You're way, you were a way better person than that was. You're not anymore. <laughs> we're equals. We're equals now, which is wonderful. Like, it's really crazy. And, and this is, we wrap up the episode, like, I told everybody for years, probably the first 
two and a half years of our relationship that like I was incredibly lucky to have you. I didn't deserve you. Like you were way hotter, way better, way everything, way more than me. Mm-hmm. Then that bell went off. It's like, no, fuck that. Like I'm a really good person. Exactly. Like I am attractive. I have plenty of value to offer the world. I love the shit out of you and Gianna. Like, And that was super sexy to me as your wife to yeah. have you own that because I've seen that in you for so long. And then it's like, well, that's super hot. Like that's a big turn on for you to own that shit. Yeah. So it's, you know. When I'm out in public and people see a picture, they talk about seeing us on social media, listening to this show. Oh, man, you're really married up or you really leveled up. I'm like, yeah, kind of. Not really. Not like, really. Like we we really both probably leveled up from what we were used to. Like I found my match. And so refreshing to feel that and be able to own that. But again, if you start looking at these societal confines, like you say that out loud and oh, you're egotistical, you're arrogant. No, I just own my greatness. Like, I'm And a, that's OK. Yeah. Everybody should. Like I'm not arrogant to the point of thinking I'm better than somebody else I just know I'm a good person yeah it feels really nice to own things about yourself that are positive because then it helps for me it's helped me see more positive things in other people Mm -hmm. if I own all the positive things about who I am yes and so to the listener that gave us this wonderful conversation to have today I sincerely appreciate you tuning in yes thank you you know it's it's so impactful to know that you value our opinion enough to ask for it like it's, it's so humbling and so exciting to me to know that our consistency and the way that we live our lives is making an impact on even just one person. Yeah, it's really cool. Because this is real life stuff and I would love more feedback. I would love if you've made it to this point in the episode to drop us a line on more things you want us to cover. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we start a list, I think we said this before, and we're always open to people that have questions or stories or some anecdote they want us to spin off of because... You know, we've probably dealt with almost all of it now. Yes. And so in a, in a new fashion, in a new way of wrapping up this episode, Lindsay thinks it's so easy to tie in what we spoke about into then tying into getting shit done. So no, I'm gonna let I just want to say get shit done. I'm going to let her try to put all the pieces together. I don't want to tie it in. I just want to say get shit done because at the beginning of this episode, he's like, you should do the intro. And I'm like, no, it's your it's your thing. It's it's your podcast, man. I just want to say get shit done because that's my favorite part. Okay. <laughs> so perhaps after listening to this episode, when you're analyzing the way that you're structured in your business life and you're not sure which way to go forward and there's some people talking behind the scenes at work and judging what you do, instead of cowering behind the scenes and not addressing it, I'm going to encourage you to consider the fact that running into it head on is going to create more expansion for you. It's going to create a better opportunity. It's going to probably create a new position for you when the upper management or the people above you, even if it's in your own business, that they see that you have what I call the testicular fortitude, even if you're a woman, to stand up and address tough issues. It could be in your business or in your personal relationship. It could be the fact that there's some things that you just have been sweeping under the rug that aren't okay anymore, that you know you you deserve better, that you know you want more intimacy or communication or hand-holding or whatever the things are that are important to you, but you're afraid of loss so you don't ever address them face-to-face. I'm going to encourage you to go have that you know, crucial collision. Just go face it head-on. Or maybe it's in your body, like just like this, this woman, this listener. Maybe there's some people that talk trash at the gym about somebody you care about or even yourself. And instead of running with your headphones on and just imagining they don't exist, take the headphones off, look them in the eye, and tell them you know what's going on and ask them why. What I guarantee is if every day you start taking steps to have the critical and crucial collisions, day over day, you'll end up getting shit done. <laughs>